Hello, and welcome to What We Do in the Moonlight, a Lit by Moonlight spin-off show, where it's not a phase to become a vampire slayer while living in a house full of vampires. My name is Caitlin, and I could be your sweet syrup pie. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> it's the thing that Nadja says to Laszlo. <laughs> she goes, are you going soft, my sweet syrup pie? Goes, my sweet syrup pie, I've gone hard. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, okay. Uh, so my name is Everlyn, and I am succumbing. Just in general? In general, yeah. Overall. I respect that. So, um, thank you everyone for being here, for listening in. Um, since we've started Lit by Moonlight, we have really enjoyed sharing our love of stories with you, and one of our goals for this podcast has been to spread that love through more mediums than one, so consider this our branch out from books. That's right, and we really enjoyed laughing and freaking out with you all for our chaotic Our Flag Means Death bonus episode, which you <laughs> should absolutely check out if you haven't yet, by the way. Mm-hmm. So we decided that we would dive a little bit deeper into the Taika Waititi cinematic universe, the TWCU, if you will, with <laughs> another one of our favorite shows, What We Do in the Shadows. It is our pleasure, everyone, to bring you uh, this spinoff series where we plan to unpack all of season four as it airs on FX and Hulu this summer. Uh, once you catch an episode of this hilarious show, you can tune into our pod where we'll be breaking things down episode by episode. Uh, before we jump in, we realize we're showing up three seasons late to the party, yes. or maybe it's a vampire orgy. Um, so we wanted to give you a little breakdown of this show thus far, uh, our big feelings about it, capital B, capital F, mm-hmm. etc., etc. So without further ado, let's jump in. So to start off, Caitlin, can you tell me a little bit about this show? Yes, I can. What We Do in the Shadows is a documentary-style comedy that follows the night lives of four Staten Island vampires, Nadia, Laszlo, Nandor, and Colin Robinson, as they navigate quirky, chaotic mishappenings and seek power and meaning in eternal life. The show is a spin-off of Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi's feature film of the same name, and we will be sinking our teeth into its fourth season starting July 12th. Yeehaw! <laughs> um, so, Caitlin, how do you think this show... Uh, compares to the movie uh, as a spinoff. Oh, it it's so good. I feel like in a world where so many shows and movies are getting spinoffs and sequels left and right nowadays, I feel like it, it's really easy to lose the feeling of the original material and why uh-huh. you loved it in the first place. But this show doesn't lose the humor or atmosphere of the original movie. And I think what helps is that both Jermaine and Taika were so hands-on with the show. And Uh you can totally hear their voices, like, really come through, like, the script and even just the way that it's directed. And they have such a specific sense of humor that I'm glad that it translates through the show as well because that was so prevalent and what made the movie so good in the first place. Yeah, I completely agree. I think if we're going to characterize the show as like a spin-off of the movie, which I think is correct, um, we need to think about the setup and how the setup kind of makes the whole thing work. Because yeah. when we think about spin-offs, um, typically uh, we have low expectations because there's a lot of spin-offs that originate from other famous American shows, like Joey came from Friends and that was a nightmare, uh, or that 80s show came from that 70s show and starred Glenn Howerton. Wait. Uh, from, Wait, what? <laughs> from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, of all people. Um, and that oh, was also not, a nightmare. Why did I not know that? Yeah, I feel like I just learned that today. Um, 
And I was like, wow, this is this looks like a nightmare. Um, why would anyone do this? Um, and then, of course, Fuller House, which I refuse to talk about or acknowledge um, ever. It doesn't exist to me. It's dead to me. Um, but, like, there's also been a few notable spinoffs like um, Frasier and Better Call Saul. But for yeah. the most part, I think we're used to cringing a little bit when we hear that a show is getting a spinoff. Um, and I think what makes this different is that the show is introduced on a popular American cable network, if such a thing exists anymore, as a spinoff of a limited-release New Zealand film and uh, is still being produced by Jemaine and Taika, um, who are responsible for the original film. And I feel like there's nothing that could go wrong there. Um, When they adapted the ideas from the film uh, for the FX show, I think because the key creative minds behind the film stayed intact and thus the talent to write characters, plots, and quippy jokes... Um, that land really well it just it just works better like they really stuck to the source material and and they were super consistent and I feel like that's what makes it kind of like work perfectly you know it it all kind of like um it just it just runs so smoothly you know what I mean yeah 100% I feel like if you're going to do any sort of spin-off or sequel whatever like any sort of spin-off you need to have the people who create like the creators of the original material involved because otherwise I feel like it's just easy to go off the rails and become something that it's not or was never meant to be in the first place so I really (laughs) love that they're so heavily involved in it and care about it so much considering that they created it so that being said loving the movie loving the show was there a specific moment in the show that hooked you um it's the mere existence of Colin Robinson for me. Uh, <laughs> like, that got me from the beginning. Because I really, I kind of really thought that Colin Robinson was going to be a one-off character. I was like, okay, this is like a bit, and that's hilarious. But he'll probably like die in the first couple episodes, and then I'll forget about him. Um, but I feel like the writers recognized early on how much you could do with this idea of this guy that's just like so tasking to speak to that you want to pass out when you're within earshot of him. Yes. And <laughs> I'm really glad they did, because I feel like his material is so good. Um, and his contrast from Naja, Laszlo, and Nandor, um, and even Guillermo offers such a fascinating comedic balance. Like, you've got the regular vampires um, doing all kinds of chaotic, erotic stuff, and then you've got Colin just boring you to death about, like, different kinds of chewing gum. <laughs> and that is just such an epic combo. Like, they really knew what they were doing with Colin's character, and when I found out he was going to be, like, a central part of the show, I was like... This is so funny and unique and actually, like, unique in many ways from the, the film. Um, so I was really excited about that. How yeah. about you? Yeah, no, I feel like Colin Robinson is such a unique character in a sense where he could have he easily become a gimmicky type, like, caricature where mm-hmm. you know exactly what type of joke he's going to say or what's going to happen when he walks into the room and kind of, like, take away from the feeling of the show. But he's not at all yeah and he turns out to be a really like fleshed out hilarious character in his own right and his contrast like you said his contrast to the other characters make him stand out so well he's so funny um my he is he's your baby girl he's my baby girl (laughs) uh my hook specifically was uh animal control which is episode Mm -hmm. five of the first season I feel like this was the episode where the show really started to come into its own um, because I feel like the very first episode, it was very similar to the movie setup in a way, not in a bad way, but just in like a, we're trying to establish this story and the setting and like trying to get people 
like who might be new to it like interested in it and i just felt like uh animal control was the one where they're just like all right we know what we're doing we know these characters and now we're we're going like like full blast you know um i i feel like it was the funniest episode thus far in the show i think i even said that to you as i was live tweeting my <laughs> or live <laughs> messaging you as i was reading it i was like this is yes. so so funny uh i mean it's got everything laszlo flies into their na- new neighbor's house via bat form and gets captured by animal control so nandor colin robinson and guillermo have to go rescue him meanwhile nadia is reconnecting with jeff aka gregor and she gives him uh, all of his memories gregor. from his past life he gets all of his memories from his past lives back so he remembers her and he relives each life including the one where he was a horse which took me the fuck out kinky uh, he kind of like he as he's remembering all these lives he kind of like becomes that person that he was and then all of a sudden he just becomes a horse and he starts like doing like little thing and he like kicks his little feet and it was so fucking stupid it killed me and then laszlo returning to human form in the cage at the animal shelter and just going where the fuck am i (laughs) it made me choke on a popsicle it was so funny I think it was Laszlo that originated the line, what the shit is this? Or like, what the shit is that? Somebody somebody in the show at some point said, what the shit is that? Yes. And I literally used that line in my Slack messages today at work after something crazy happened. I was like, what the shit was that? <laughs> and I just, I have so much like that I owe to that show for giving me like so many good like one-liners to use at work. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much Thank for that. Thank you so much. So that kind of helps us lead into my next question, which is, do you have a favorite quote? Oh my God, there's so many. There's so many <laughs> fucking banger lines in this show. It makes me laugh so hard. So it's really, I have a good handful here. So bear yeah, with me. First and should. foremost, I've mentioned this before on the last <laughs> episode, um, which by this point won't have aired yet. But um, my first and foremost, my very favorite line in this show comes from Laszlo when he says, He's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy. My rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese. My good time boy. My good time boy. (laughs) I have never laughed so fucking loud in my life at that. His delivery, Matthew Berry's fucking delivery of every single word that comes out of his mouth is so good. I burst out laughing. Like, I, I was... I was at a friend's apartment at the time and just like I think I just awoke the entire apartment building because of how la- how loud I laughed at that. I rewound it and watched it like five different times. I think it's my most watched clip on YouTube now. Um, I go around my house saying it all the time and it's it's such a solid line. It's so good. <laughs> and I just I love him so much and I love that line. Um, but moving on, uh, some other favorites are when Colin Robinson slips in blood and yells, what in the Sam Hill? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think about that a lot. Um, Laszlo says, she speaks the bullshit. Yeah. Which, um, at, as the same levels of what the shit is this, I say that a lot. She speaks the bullshit. <laughs> um, Nadia got in an argument with Nandor and she says I swear I'm going to rip that man into shreds and make a dress out of it and I'm going to go to his family's house and say do you like this this is your son and I'm wearing him as a dress (laughs) she's so angry and she's just I don't know those are great um someone asks Colin why did you wear cologne and he responds to annoy you (laughs) 
uh, Guillermo asking Nandor, why didn't you complete your citizenship? And he says, probably because the Macarena swept the nation. I didn't have time for anything else. <laughs> Who did? Who did right? that then? Who did? <laughs> um, another line that made me laugh out loud, like, insanely crazily, was Guillermo saying, Gizmo, get the dildos. Gizmo, try out the dildos. Gizmo, how are the dildos? They're fine. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Just the implication there that that he's using the dildo. Good that he actively like had to try them out and just has to go. They're fine. I don't know what else he wanted to say. I don't know. Just the delivery. That is the stuff of fan fiction, honestly. And they said, "Nah, this is this is canon. They're this like, is real. This, this is did the happen." Actual show. <laughs> um, another one comes from Colin Robinson, where like he starts to speak and he goes, "You know," and they're like, "Don't ruin it." And he goes, "Oh, I wouldn't think of ruining it." And they go, thank you. And before they could even finish you, he goes, the great Genghis Khan. And he goes off into his whole thing. Don't even remember the context. It was just so fucking funny. Just the, just his deadpan like, oh, I wouldn't think of ruining it. Anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna make it, he said, I'm going to make it better. I'm going to make it better. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's going through his head. I'm going to make it better. Um, uh, another beautiful and favorite moment is when Laszlo says... Every time Gregor shows up, you, Nadia, start crying. Now I'm not having that. You're my sweet baby, and I'm going to stop that kind of jive. <laughs> like, he just sealed the deal on stealing my heart. And that came at the end of season one, and I was just like, fuck, I love this guy. Um, another great line, just because of its delivery, is Laszlo. I'd go myself, but I can't be fucked. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> he does, like, this little, like, like shrug motion. <laughs> like, literally, like, girl shrugging emoji. I can't be fucked. And then uh, finally, because it started off as a joke and then made me cry when it was repeated later on, is when Colin Robbins says, we're all a big family here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just feel like that's a really good example of the writing of the show where it takes something where it starts as, um, you know, the punchline to a joke and mm-hmm. then quickly becomes something more, which I feel like this show does very well. Uh, yeah. So I really like that one. How about you? Did you have some favorite quotes? I did. Um, whenever Nandor is this fucking guy, like, yes. I just, like, yell. Like, I'm like, I say that all the time now in real life for, like, completely unrelated situations. Same. So, thank you. Um, I'm waiting for the opportunity to, like, get in an argument with Vishwas again. Um, not, he, I haven't had the opportunity lately because he's actually really nice to me. Oh, um, but I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting patiently so I can be like, fucking guy, like, in the <laughs> argument and, like, know, you know? that... When it's coming, I will be doing it. So you know that when that does happen, it's going to end the argument because he's just going to start laughing. He's going to stop and stare at me. He's going to be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Um. So, um, there's that, and then I think like just the whole like the, all the dialogue that takes place when in season one, episode seven, when um they're yes. in front of the vampiric council and this kind of like what the go between, um, them and Colin Robinson where um they invite Colin Robinson in and he's like hello and Nadja's like what the fuck are you doing here it might have been it might have been Nadja might have also been Laszlo but one of them said that and then when they're like are you gonna help us Colin Robinson he's like what can I do yeah I just like that always gets to me that's like my favorite line in the whole show for some reason um just because of the delivery yeah um and then um one more uh that oh actually two more so next one no no nandor that's the stair master the master of the stairs which laszlo says when they're high as hell after either after or right before they accidentally kill the baron 
Um, which just gets me every time. Like, because it sounds like something that some, one of us from our friend group would say. 100%. Um, just out of the blue. Like, it, it's giving big the cow flies at midnight vibes, which <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, all the people Ugh. at home are, like, turning off this podcast now because they're, like, great. They're, like, bringing inside jokes into the mix. Nobody's interested in that. Um, <laughs> and then when Nadja's hanging out with all the wives at, I think it's, like, the football, the Super Bowl party, and she's like, you're all such strong, beautiful, vicious, vibrant women. How did you all end up married to such boiled potatoes? Because, <laughs> listen, I don't know how many times I've thought that in real life, but it's pretty much every single time one of my friends gets into a new relationship. Sorry to all my friends, but you're, the men in your lives are, like, stupid and, and not good enough for you, and I think that whenever I meet them in real life, and I'm like, oh, great, it's the boiled potato, he's here. Yeah. So. I, like, I just, like, I think boiled potato is just such a good comparison yeah because they are they're boiled potatoes so yeah what song would you play as you slay a community of vampires um so i had to think long and hard about this because i have a an inkling that much like we do for a lot of our books we will be creating a playlist for this show yes um which you can find on our spotify um and I thought Bad Moon Rising by Creedence Clearwater Revival would be like a mm. really good one just because it's like the moon's involved, it's nighttime. It's kind of like the type of thing I feel like you'd play if you're like in a badass mood. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was mine. How about you? Um, I said Barracuda by heart mm, just because I, I kind of want that to play in the show as Guillermo slays a community of vampires. I feel like that would fit his vibe. Um, also, it's just... yeah. A badass song and I I love it mm. when with you there I feel like heart oh I literally I, I I remember when they were coming live to Syracuse and I think I couldn't go because of something and I yeah. was devastated like I I like shut everybody out of my room for a couple days because I was like this is this was my moment I'm yep. pretty sure that if I had gone to that heart concert I would be a completely different better person today um, but we'll never get to meet her because of, you know, whatever I had going on that day. Um, <laughs> it tells you how much I actually care about it that I don't remember. But um, in the meantime, I would spend eternity with Hart. Caitlin, who from this show would you spend eternity with? Uh, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> Without a doubt, it would be Laszlo. Uh, yes. He quickly became my favorite character. And like I said, every single line he has is so iconic. He's so fucking dumb in the best way possible. He loves his wife, Nadia, above all things so much that he swore he would never return to his home country again when they rejected her. He has the purest friendships with both their human neighbor, Sean, and Colin Robinson. Uh, He yells bat every time he turns into a bat. He canonically wrote Kokomo. He supports the local women's volleyball team without question. He will behead you if you make his wife cry. He is everything to me, and he is the most character ever. I love him. He's my baby girl. We stand. We stand. (laughs) We stand a man like that. Uh, What character would you spend eternity with? Before I move on, I want to say, because I was just thinking this as you were talking, that I feel like Lazlo and Naja, for some reason, remind me of, like, a better version of Ozzy Osbourne and Sharon Osbourne. Like, if yeah. they were not problematic as shit. Yeah, um, I get that. Like, there's just something there. I don't know why, but they I, they feel like um, Sharon and Ozzy, but in cursive. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, cur- but, like, but, like, cursive comic sans, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, I, I gotta, I gotta say, I think that Ozzy and Sharon are comic sans. I yeah. think that Naja and Laszlo are cursive. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna be elitist and say that cursive is the superior font, which, um, cursive isn't necessarily a font, right? It's a writing style. Okay, let right. me think this through. Like, I really font. do like, yeah, script font. Like, like they're just better. Um, for me personally, coming back to your original question, if I can still remember fully what it was, um, <laughs> Naja and Little Naja. Um, and I love Naja so fucking much like she's the definition of a girl boss if there was ever a complimentary definition of a girl boss <laughs> like she's not giving multi-level marketing corporation capitalist queen lean-in vibes per se like she's not giving hey girly i just saw your instagram and i think it's cute i have a great opportunity for you vibes like it's not that's not the girl boss vibe she's giving me she's giving me like turn into a bat and attack jeff bezos making love in a cemetery eating a cake made out of blood while naked in the middle of an interstate vibes and i love her for it like i want her to have everything i would give her everything i just love her so much um i live vicariously through her she was my role model she was my everything um she is the moment um (laughs) and little nausea is just so cute and she's also very important to me and i think like the narcissist is it Narcissus? Yes. Staring into the pond inside of me wants my own little Emberlin just so like I have somebody who will like get all my quippy jokes because sometimes Vishwaze doesn't necessarily always catch on um, because I'm so smart and amazing and brilliant and beyond anybody else's <laughs> comprehension. So yeah, um, <laughs> that, that's why. Um, but... Uh, that's well, that's I, it. I <laughs> that's it. That's all I gotta say. And that's and that's that on that. Um, I just want to say because you bring up little Nadia, I'm so happy that she became a reoccurring character. Yes. I thought like you know in the ghost episode we see that Nadia's ghost of her dead self goes into that doll. I thought that was just gonna be like a one time thing, but when she yeah. popped up again and then again and then again, I'm just like yes, I'm so happy she's just here. And then the whole episode where. Where she runs away because she's not getting enough attention was so good. Like I love me. Like what other show can you get a episode where one of the storylines is centered on a a doll running away from home? (laughs) The doll of one of the main characters, personas running away from home. I literally walk. It's just so stupid. I feel like people who don't understand that though, like the desire to like, if you're not gonna pay attention to me, I'll just leave. Is like (laughs) so ingrained in me as like the the household narcissist that like i just like yeah. i love it it's giving I, it's giving I, I also like that she serves as like a way for nadia to learn things about herself and like a communication yes. with her where she's just like oh i need to take better care of myself i should start it's doing weird this. i was like this is so good <laughs> it's weird because it's kind of like a personification of a therapy tactic that you see a lot where it's like um, a therapist will tell you to be imagine yourself as like a little version of yourself and to take yeah. care of her like imagine baby Emberlin for example and take care of her and I feel like that's something that can be really effective and it seems like something that maybe like is being channeled through the show when you see especially after like Naja meets herself and Naja's little self is like destined to stay with her until she meets her full potential yeah um that like right after that Naja really starts to bloom as a person and I just think that's so neat like I wow it's so good i don't know who wrote that i don't know if it was a woman if it was of course you did you're amazing if it was like one of the main writers who is like jermaine or taika like that's some amazing insight into what it means to be a woman and i commemorate you question mark like wow whoever wrote it 
knows what they're doing and they should keep their job. <laughs> All right. Um, on that note, what character would you run away to Pennsylvania and assume a fake identity to hide from? <laughs> I know we talked about the love of our lives in this show, but what character could you not love? First, I just... The whole Jackie Daytona storyline. I know. She's very important to me. Like, I think that was one of the best written episodes, I think, in television history. Yes, it was so good. And I think one of my favorite bits happens. I don't know if everyone has caught it because it's literally at the end of the credits. So I don't know if it'll automatically just play the next episode or what. But at the very end of the episode, <laughs> you see Laszlo as Jackie Daytona sitting at the bar. And he goes something along the lines of, like, it's come to my attention that Jackie Daytona is the name of a country band that we have no association with. <laughs> with. He goes, I don't know why you care, but so-and-so from Clearance told me I had to say it. So there you go. <laughs> I just thought it was, it was so good because they're like, we, legally, we have to say this. But it was also just so in character for him to say it and in universe for the show as a documentary for them it's to have so to funny. say it it was just so stupid and it just it wrapped up the that entire episode in a little bow for me it is and it's important to me because i feel like there's well actually i think i'll talk about this more later but actually you know, i'll talk about it more later so okay. instead i'll respond like this i'll say ah, ha, 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 that's so funny i agree <laughs> <laughs> that's my filler for what I was actually going to say here that you'll hear about later. But continue. Continue. Oh, well, actually, I'll continue because it's, yeah, it's my turn to answer a question. Who's the character that you would run away yeah. to Pennsylvania and assume a fake identity to hide from? Um, okay. Uh, so the thing is, I don't like have any characters that I particularly disliked in the sense that I thought they were fleshed out enough or like anything like that. And yeah. um, Or like even hateable or, you know, not likable at all, unlikable. Um, the characters that played villain roles for example were all likable and entertaining in their own right um yeah. so i kind of just tried to go about this thinking about the person who stressed me the fuck out the most and i think it's a tie <laughs> so celeste from the collaboration episode who is a familiar that fakes being a vampire to cultivate this very culty um vampire familiar lifestyle in her master's house while she's away um <laughs> was the first person that came to mind especially because her master is like a young girl, like a little girl, like oh yeah, essentially Jojo that. Siwa. <laughs> so I kept wondering, like, are they? Did they base her on Jojo Siwa? Because they just look so familiar, and they just have like similar vibes. Which I don't know if that was intentional, but if it was, that's hilarious because that implies that Jojo Siwa is a vampire, and if she is, good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I've known many people in real life who seem like they have this personal brand that's like high-key culty like they always need to be surrounded by other people they always need to be in like a power dynamic um they're always wearing a fanny pack for some reason hello darling hello how are you i got you a brownie you got me a brownie it's also a croissant if you don't want this you can have the croissant you're fucking adorable brownie i love you for this anyway um and i'll i'll just go from there like uh there's always somebody like at a party in college or like at a networking event that you meet that just has this exact vibe um and like they just seem very power hungry um they have like this odd power dynamic with other people they're always surrounded by other people and like a little click um they're always wearing a fanny pack for some reason um <laughs> and i feel like whenever i encounter someone like that in real life i'm just like "Ooh, i just remembered i have to change my name and move to another state like i can't be here right now sorry <laughs> bye um 
And then the second one was uh, Colin Robinson's love interest in Werewolf Feud, Evie, because Vanessa Bayer played her too well. Like, she's an emotional vampire. She's an emotional vampire, and I had to keep reminding myself. I was like, it's just a TV show. It's just a TV show. She's not real. She's not real. Because I know people like her in real life, too. And I was like, this is too accurate. Like, please. I'm begging. Stop. Um, So those were mine. How about you? Uh, Yeah, there's not a single character on this show where I'm like, wow, I hate that guy. Yeah. Because, uh, there's all, like you said, are just so well written, as well mm-hmm. as the vampires. Or the right. vampires. As well as the enemies on the show. Yes. But if I had to choose, um, I said it would be Topher, who Topher. was... <laughs> who was... Uh, <laughs> it was uh, one of Laszlo and Nadia's many failed familiars, um, who was accidentally turned into a zombie. And he just kept trying to eat Guillermo and was super, super difficult to kill. Um, and I chose him specifically because Guillermo can never catch a break. And I was so stressed out for him during that episode because, like, he said that Topher's hiding underneath his bed trying to eat him. And then, mm-hmm. like, Topher keeps, like, hitting him with his detached hand. And <laughs> he just goes after Guillermo and he, like, falls out a window and does this whole thing. And he's just so hard to kill. And I was just like, he needs a break. I, Poor this guy. guy. He's already struggling so much. We don't need a, we don't need an added zombie familiar on top of this. Also, <laughs> his name is Topher. So. Topher! <laughs> So that that was a uh, that was the character that I would run away to Pennsylvania and assume a fake identity to hide from. That's a vibe. It's a mood. <laughs> um. So I think now that we've talked a lot about characters that we love, characters we hated, it's time to continue that like balance of loving and hating and talk about our peaks and valleys from this show. Okay. Uh, Caitlin, why don't you start us off? All right, I'll eat my, my brownie. Fr- okay, eat your brownie. Um. I think. Well, my first peak is that each of the lead characters are so unique and interesting in their own ways and that they have their own storylines. But you never feel like one character is getting the short end of the stick or like, uh-huh. oh, we're focusing way too much on this person. There's no one main character. And I really uh-huh. like that because I feel like this show really thrives on this multi-person like dynamic that they've built here. I really like um, like Nandor's whole quest with like trying to find love in this eternal life that he has. I love Nadia becoming a person in power on the Vampiric Council and working mm. with Nandor sometimes, but also becoming like learning more about herself in that way. I love anything that Laszlo does, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that like. He goes off and he does his own thing. Like, he has this wonderful friendship with Colin Robinson in season three. And I feel like it just benefits both of those characters so well. And I feel like it really shows how caring Laszlo is. Because he, like, he'll say one thing. But then, like, I feel like a lot of his love is within the actions that he does. So he spends so much time with Colin Robinson. And then he learns about him. And, like, he talks to him. And then same with, like, Nadja. Like, he's always doing things for Nadja or helping her and just always supporting her. Um, Guillermo's entire story arc of going from familiar wanting to be a vampire to accidental vampire killer to vampire slayer was is just one of the most interesting character arcs i've ever seen on television he's Uh so cool and i just love like all of these really insane action sequences that he gets where he's just running around and he's killing 
vampires and you know flipping the middle finger as he goes backward out a window and it's just Mm. i adore him and i and like colin robinson has become his own character of learning how to like what it means to be an energy vampire and where does he come from and like like all of the unanswered questions that he's trying to find answers to and it's just been there's not a dull moment in the show because of Mm -hmm. how different they all are and how they all play off of each other and it's so wonderful and so unique and i don't think another show does it quite as good as what we do in the shadows i second everything you said um because i mean you're absolutely right like there's just like this balance i think that this show is able to achieve that a lot of other shows aren't when it comes to like character development um telling their stories telling stories about individual characters um and that's something that I spoke to with my first peak, um, which was just the great writing in the show. Yeah. Um, which we touched on this a little bit in our favorite quotes discussion. But this show just has so many bangers in terms of one-liners. Like, my partner and I watched this together, and we were laughing out loud as the writing, um, like, at the writing delivery of, like, everything. Yep. Hold on. My cat is eating styrofoam. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's never a good sign. No. <laughs> it's this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. For those of you at home, I'm gesturing to the pieces that my microphone uh, and the microphone stand fit into. My cat is eating the styrofoam because um, he has uh, frozen corn for brains. Um, True. Anyway, um, I think it's super weird for us to laugh um, out loud at shows or movies these days. So he's he is chasing me for this styrofoam. It is <laughs> not food, my friend. Manny. It is not food. It is not food, my special friend. Um, but, like, it's so rare for us to laugh at films and television out loud these days. So mm-hmm. this was such a unique and, like, therapeutic experience for us to just really enjoy the show and not take ourselves too seriously or take the show too seriously. And at the same time, what I appreciate is that Jemaine and Taika take the show seriously and the creators take the show seriously so we don't have to. Right. Um, because if you go and you watch interviews – they kind of act like it is a legitimate documentary. Yes. Like, these people are really vampires. This is not a show. This is a documentary. Like, we are actually videotaping them, doing vampire things in real life. This is all true. Like, so when you watch them on Jimmy Fallon, for example, yeah, Jimmy I was Fallon gonna be like, oh, like, the actors. And Jimmy and I'd be like, what actors? <laughs> like, and it's they're so, real vampires, bitch. <laughs> like, it's so funny. In that interview specifically, if you haven't seen it already, Jermaine Clement did an interview on Jimmy Fallon promoting the show when it was first coming out. And he's just deadpan, like, amazing. <laughs> Schools his ass. Like, oh, my God. Literally, Jimmy Fallon, everything went over his head. Like, because mm-hmm. Jermaine's just deadpan, like, no, like, these are real vampires. And also, there are energy vampires now. And just all of the jokes that, like, all of his jokes were just said so matter of fact that mm-hmm. Jimmy just didn't know what to do with it. And it was so mm-hmm. funny because the joke in that moment was no longer just the jokes that were coming out of Jimmy's mouth, but the fact that Jimmy was completely clueless. And it was so, it's so good. You got to watch it. Yeah, I think it just goes to show also like the superiority of like New Zealand um, and some like English comedies in comparison to like yeah. a lot of like the talk shows that are on today because it's so easy to just like sit there and be deadpan when you're watching like Jimmy Fallon because you're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But then like you bring someone on like Jermaine who's just like, they're real vampires, bitch. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? This is all real. And like just kind of throws everybody for a loop. It's it's very special. It, it's it, it's an experience that can be so intimate and, and personal. Um, yes. <laughs> 
So uh, what was your uh, second peak, Caitlin? Uh, my second peak was, and I, I, I said it earlier, and we just kind of talked about it, but the sense of humor of this show is so very specific that I cannot quite describe it. <laughs> um, and like, it might have to do with there, there's a specific sense of humor within New Zealand and like New Zealand writers. And I mean, I, I could just be talking out of my ass at that point, but I just really feel mm-hmm. like there's a, it's something so different than what we're used to as Americans and like what we're told is funny. And I love that we get to experience it because it's so fucking funny that like anyone can watch this show and enjoy it for so many different reasons and there's so many things within the show that you can find funny i find myself quoting it all the time and re-watching it and finding new things to laugh about it that i completely mm-hmm. missed the first time watching it because sometimes there's just little things in the background that happen and it's so good or just like little mannerisms that the characters do that are just so funny it's i like like I said, I've never like I I talk to the TV when I watch stuff because I'm weird and I do laugh out loud a lot, but I've never laughed so hard out loud at a show that I'm watching by myself alone in a room. Like it is just yeah. so good and I I cannot wait for the new season and I am so thrilled that we get two more seasons after this new one to expand this show and laugh about it because I just I know I'm going to be in tears at some point and I just love it so much what was your second peak well before we go there I want to respond to what you said because I I I disagree no I'm just kidding I agree (laughs) this show is really stupid (laughs) no I completely agree and like I think it's a great lesson for any for comedy writers in, in America um explicitly about like what comedy should be and what it could be um, not what it should be, but what it could be. Um, yeah. Because I, I find recently, because I've been, I have just been um, blazing through a lot of, like, American comedies lately on, like, my recent, like, Netflix and HBO and Hulu binges. And there's just nobody that does it like the writers on this show. Like, yeah. there's just something. Like, I think that a lot of American comedies, they, they try very hard to be um, edgy and, like, I don't know, like quirky in like a way that appeals to Gen Z, um, but also like a little bit maybe offensive in a way that appeals to, I don't know if I'm going to say older audiences, but like to people who think that like the only way you can be funny is by being offensive. And this show does none of that because it doesn't need to. Like this show doesn't work too hard to be like, hey kids, this is a cool fun show. And this show also doesn't work too hard to like insult specific groups of people like queer people and people of color and disabled people to mm-hmm. get a laugh out of the audience because it doesn't need to nor should it um and I just really appreciate that like I mean if you look at like some of <clears throat> the comedies that were popular back in the 2010s like Glee for example the whole basis of Glee and it was a satire to you know to be fair but like the whole basis of Glee was like kind of making making comedy out of making fun of specific groups of people that a lot of times um like people of color queer people disabled people and like you look back at that today and you're like but like i think when i look back at that show now in comparison to a show like this if you could compare them because you know some might disagree i find myself thinking like wow look at how far we've come from that bullshit (laughs) yeah yeah my my cousin and i were talking about uh like comedy and how it's changed actually the other night and how we were saying like how nowadays like 
those types of comics about like that's just like here's the setup and then here's the punchline or just like kind of talking about like you know just like the kind of go-to like oh people will laugh at these jokes Mm -hmm. that are like kind of putting like one type of person down no matter what it is um that it just doesn't work today whereas like today a lot of the really good comics are people who are telling stories and you have to the the jokes are something that you have to think about more than just like we've set it up for you and now here's the punchline and we're giving it to you and of course you're gonna laugh because that's what it's made to do so I feel like because uh, like when you have storytelling based comedy it's like you're all as an audience are in it together so when you get that callback joke at the end of the set it's like haha I, I worked for that and like mm-hmm. I got to be a part of that and it's just it's changing like that I, I feel like we're going more in that type of direction and I feel like this show does it so well because it doesn't work too hard but it also doesn't give you the easy jokes it, it'll give you lines like I can't even think of an example right now, but like a lot of the lines are something where you have to think about it for a second and then you realize, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, that's fucking funny. And there's something really organic and original about telling a story versus like making fun of a specific group of people or like just like depending so heavily on like slapstick jokes to like get through your show. Like, you know, like when you think about... um, like even like the Avengers and like that meme that's like well that just happened because like that's the type of vibe that those movies give where someone's gonna say like a one-off line with that and everybody in the audience is gonna be like haha okay like I feel like I'm glad that we're moving away from that we're kind of acknowledging that that's kind of like dead (laughs) a dead form of, of 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 comedy because like um original stories are, are I think what is becoming more important as a medium like everybody's rolling their eyes now when Disney does like a reproduction of something that's already existed like a million times in a million different other formats um, everybody rolls their eyes now when the same joke is told over and over again during each Marvel movie um, and this is something I think even though it's a spin-off of a film it's really unique and original and I think that that's like Amazing. That could be my second peak, <laughs> which I haven't even told you my second peak yet, which is kind of, you know, jumping in with this, which is like the character development is incredible. Um, Vishwas is, is rooting around in the freezer right now. I like that everybody who's like listening to us right now gets like the ASMR of like yeah. my house ambience at like the very end of the day when the cat has decided to eat styrofoam and Vishwas has decided to eat whatever's in the fridge. Um, but like, I've said this so many times. I've pitched this show to friends to watch, and I've said this, and I'll say it again. Um, I don't have a favorite character because they're all my favorites. I don't necessarily have a character I dislike because they're all my favorites. I Mm -hmm. love them all. They are all strong characters. There's no squeaky wheel on the show. Correct. Yes. Correct. And I feel feel like going back to the the comedy thing, like this show doesn't try to fit the mold of what, we're told is funny like like you go yes. see a marvel movie and you're like this is the setup of the character now this is the part where they find their powers now this is mm-hmm. the part where they prove themselves like you kind of know what to expect and sometimes that's okay like sometimes it's, yeah I, I like going to a movie and being like i know exactly what's gonna happen and that's okay i'm just here for a fun time i'm not saying it's always bad but so, like it gets old after a while if, yeah like, it's just not your thing and i just feel like this show is so different and it is okay with standing out like it does and i just uh-huh. think it, it benefits um 
because of it. Yes, agreed. Um, so with that with that in mind, was there anything that you did not want to praise about this show? Like did you have any values? Uh first of all, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, if I had to come up with a valley, it would be that I'm going to have to wait a week for each episode now that I'm caught up. That's going to be very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I dislike having to... I I think the hardest thing with the, the whole like culture of binge-washing shows now, yeah. um, when there are shows that come out weekly, like in the olden days, <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's so hard now because I'm just like, Oh, I just want to watch the next episode, mm-hmm. but and and I've binged all three of the all three seasons of the show so Same. far. So now that I have to like now that we have to wait, it's gonna be so difficult. But I actually do like that because I like the whole like idea of everybody's watching this together. Like I I really loved the um the feeling back before streaming services where it's like this show's on at eight o'clock on saturday night and that is it and you might catch a rerun later but this is where it's at and you just i loved it because it's like everybody in the world who's watching the show is watching it right now yeah and we're all and then we all after the show get online and then we talk about it together and i just really i love that feeling so much like my valleys of everything else that we do on this show, it's not actually a valley. <laughs> it's just a me problem. It's just a me thing. Um, and it just proves that, uh, like I said, I have zero valleys with this show. It's so fucking good. Um, dare you have a valley on this show? Uh, I don't. Goodbye. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> no, but Friendship I want to. <laughs> I want to, but you want to? No, I do. Like, I want to be critical. I want to find, I want to be constructively critical of this show. And it's hard to do because, like, this definitely is my comfort show. Like, this is the show that, mm-hmm. like, if I'm looking for something to watch and not think too hard, I would watch this show. Like, it, it makes, it's my safe space. You know, like, nothing too treacherous happens that makes me want to suffer in, in the, uh, the, the, the hours and days after watching. Um, so... I guess I'd really, yeah, <laughs> I'd like to, I'm telling you that I would really like to be critical of this show, and I do not have a criticism of this show, mm-hmm. um, but when I get a criticism of this show, I will bring it to you, and you will hear about it, for, you'll hear it, you'll hear it here first, folks. Yes. Um, we promise we can be critical about the things that we like, but. Yeah. Not this maybe. one. No. Maybe. But not really. Oh, I I got it. Well, no, oh? never mind. I wasn't. No. Oh, I have one, but it wasn't. Oh, it was kind of a peak. Um, <laughs> Wait, what was it? I guess my valley is like I feel like we're kind of moving into a world where tropism, if that's a word, has become kind of the norm for the way we talk about things, and that's something that I think on this podcast I could be way more careful about. But like, you know, everybody's like the enemies to lovers trope, the oh. the sister and brother enemies trope, like the 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 uh sun and moon you know and i like those things but i do i feel like there has been some valid criticism lately about the fact that like we've tropified things so much that we've we've kind of taken away the ability to give like a very complex lens uh to like discern and and care about and, and dissect literature and movies so uh with that in mind i was like well i hate that and i've been thinking about that a lot lately but I will say, I think this show does a good job of not, like, following tropes. Like, there's no... <laughs> I was going to say... I'm sitting here <laughs> where, trying to you're think. like, where am I going with this? I know. Well, I'm thinking, like, like, what trope 
does this show not do well? Or rather, <laughs> what like what is tropey about this show, if anything at all? And I feel like there is like a slow burn aspect, but but it's also like you know, kind of the responsibility of the person dissecting the media to not do what I'm doing right now and like immediately put like a blanket label over everything that's happening. I would just say it's much, I find that it's easier here to enjoy the show because it doesn't feel like there is like, there's an intentional effort to give us a trope of sorts. Like for example, with Bridgerton, I very much like the second season. I just finished it finally, Mm -hmm. but I did sense that there was like, a real desire to give us that that essential enemies to lovers moment and I was fine with that like I'm okay with that that's great but you did that last season and also right. I want more and I also don't want to see those same things happening over and over again especially since we just spent the last like four fucking months of our lives talking about enemies to lovers and all the books you've been reading <laughs> you really did. so I really enjoyed the show because there's no room for that there's no room to be like oh this trope happened like yeah I don't feel that way about this show um so that's the th- the additional peak I guess I wanted to add that's kind of a valley for other forms of media and maybe myself because again I could literally stop talking about things like I'm a 14 year old tumblr girl but um those are my thoughts yeah is that helpful or meaningful at all is that a meaningful contribution I don't know who cares um, we're having fun yeah <laughs> so would you rather be a regular vampire or an energy vampire because uh, this show gave us options of types Mm -hmm. of vampires that we have Mm. so which one would you prefer to be um i am a night person through and through i feel like the most productive at night i enjoy being alive the most at night um (laughs) and i've always wanted to fly and i've always wanted to eat ben affleck so this is my chance this is your chance to finally fulfill those dreams He's, he looks like he has a a decent amount of meat on him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, for one, I would be an energy vampire just because despite my vampire-like complexion and my need to stay out of the sun, uh, <laughs> I would miss being able to go outside during the day because, um, to my dermatologist, please do not listen, um, <laughs> but I just love the feeling of the sun on my skin. And not when it's like hot, hot, but like when it's just like, oh, it's such a nice day out and the sun is shining and the birds are chirping. What a wonderful day. I would miss that as a vampire. And I think that would make me actually go insane if I couldn't just enjoy the sunlight coming through my windows. Um, So I and I, I feel like Colin Robinson as an energy vampire is able to live a normal life and pass as a human like he can go outside. He can um well he can't eat but i think i think that kind of sucks on either wait that sucks um uh, <laughs> on, either, on either end of the spectrum but like you can still kind of live a normal life in that way so i would at least want to be able to blend in with society while also feeding off of them without their uh-huh. knowledge and then be reborn every hundred years for funsies so i would i yeah. would be an energy vampire that sounds like a real treat honestly it really does it's interesting because I feel like you're like, yes, I'd love to be in the sunlight. And I'm like looking for excuses not to go outside. I'm like, sorry, I can't. I can't make it to my allergy I have a, appointment. <laughs> and I have a two-inch scar on my leg telling me not to go out in the sunlight ever again. <laughs> if I go outside, I will literally dissolve. Um, hence the whole vampire thing. So. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about couples. The couples. Um, Caitlin, uh, do you want to start us off? Let's talk about Naja and Laszlo. I feel oh, like we I should just dissect love- them all, think about them love all. love to. Nadia and Laszlo, I love their love. I really do. 
I love how open they are with each other. I love how they've spent hundreds upon hundreds of years together. And they Mm -hmm. still find each other so wonderful and beautiful and lovable. And they never, like, get bored of each other or, like, they've never come to, like, really hate each other. Mm -hmm. I love that we see that they're not perfect and that they argue and they question each other sometimes. But at the end of the day, they're still madly in love with each other and they, like, talk through their problems they support each other in everything that they want to do and they have fun together like the episode where they spent um like talking about all the songs that laszlo actually wrote (laughs) (laughs) like kokomo (laughs) (laughs) and like how he was like ripped off all these years um and then Nadja's just like yeah he's so great and then like she like sings along with him like i love that they do that together and it's not even particularly good but they're just having fun and they don't care um, and also how Laszlo is a lawyer, but not a very good lawyer, and he's never won a case. And Nadja's just like, please just let him win this case so that he can go to sleep at night. Um, I don't know. I just, I love that they do that. And they have cute nicknames for each other, like, you're my sweet baby, you're my sweet syrup pie, and just my I'm darling, and all that stuff. And I just love them. And like I, I said it before at the beginning, but the end of the season one, when Laszlo is just like, you you just you feel how palpable he loves Nadja and Nadja in return like how he tells her like when Gregor is around you cry and I don't like it so I need to put an end to that because you're my sweet baby and then at the end of season three when we find out uh why he never went back to his home country is not because of the horrors and the whoring as Nadja put (laughs) he goes I don't he goes I don't give a fuck about that I care that my people didn't like that I was married to someone who didn't have a name or money and she's the most beautiful woman I've ever met and like if they're not going to respect me for that then fuck them and so he never went back because he Mm -hmm. loved Nadja too much and I just love them I love them I love them they meant to love I love their love the end yeah uh (laughs) (laughs) um i love them too um very much um i love them because i think like whenever i watch a show that has like um a couple Mm -hmm. i always find myself kind of like seeing my partner and myself in that person or like comparing them right um because well i i would be the first to tell you that i feel like television couples are never a good like tell of um like a good comparison for like what real life relationships would be like uh-huh. um so it's like super rare that i look at a couple and i'm like this is a realistic representation of what it's actually like to be in love with somebody um i love them because they did remind me a lot of my relationship with my partner um because i'm like really stubborn and prickly and vish is just like he just like adores me and worships me and like <laughs> the ground i walk on for absolutely no reason other than that he just really genuinely unconditionally loves me like Mm -hmm. hence him bringing me a brownie during this recording yes (laughs) whilst I'm like please go away I'm trying to record (laughs) um um, but like I feel like that's all you can ask for to be represented in um television is like two people who unconditionally love each other and even if it's like rocky sometimes it's not like concerning it's not like problematic like um (laughs) 
I feel like that's all you can ask for in life too is just to be fully and wholly loved by someone who accepts your flaws and can still love you while seeing the parts of you that are possibly the most horrifying and unlikable. Right. Um, like, for example, I remember one of my favorite uh, episodes is where um, Laszlo shares all of the pornography he's done yeah. with Naja and she's like, these are boring. Um, <laughs> because like... She's just like, this is not, like, I love that there's just, like, an honesty there between them, that, like, he can be like, look at this cool thing I'm doing, and she's like, this is boring, babe, yeah. like, this is not good. Um, so, whenever they're on screen, I'm like, this is the straight couple I want to absorb content about. Yeah. The only straight couple I want to absorb content about, like, But they're not real. even straight. Well, heterosexual, <laughs> oh, okay. you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, the next couple we have, of course, is Nandor and Guillermo, and I have full faith that this is a slow burn relationship, baby. Mm. Uh, when I first started the show, I, I knew that a lot of fans, I, I was late to the show, okay? I literally, like, binged it within, like, two weeks of each other. Um, and that was two weeks ago. But when I first started the show, I knew that a lot of fans shipped these two characters together because I'm on Tumblr and these <laughs> vampires slash familiar have popped up on my dash multiple times but i just never had any context for it and i knew people shipped nandor and guillermo and watching it while i didn't immediately think of them as a couple at first i could totally see the instances where people would ship them and i mean i mean the first episode starts with them celebrating an anniversary and nandor gives guillermo a really cute like sparkly portrait of them (laughs) and it was just really cute and it was like all right there but i believe i firmly believe that guillermo deserves so much better than nandor uh where he's at right now specifically Mm -hmm. um i feel like before they could ever actually uh become a couple nandor needs to work on himself and start to see guillermo as a person rather than just someone who does his bidding and mm. is a familiar who wants to be a vampire. Like, I feel like Nandor's just like, fine, if you do this for me, I will make you a vampire. But, like, consistently, and he continues to not follow through. Yeah. Um, and, like, now that this show is, like, going in the direction of Nandor being on a journey to find love in his eternal life, and Guillermo is literally right there in front of him, and... Guillermo has been shown to obviously have feelings for Nandor, but Nandor's just not on the same page as him. So he needs to put the work in before this could happen. Mm-hmm. And we have at least three more seasons for them to grow together and for this to become a thing. So I think we're going to slowly start to see that formation happen this season. How? I don't know. And I won't even pretend to guess because I trust the writers of the show mm-hmm. to go in that direction. Um, but. I love them, and I, it's, they've been fun to watch to see how they're going to get there and what is going to happen along the way. So it's been very fun to watch. Yeah, I like how um, everyone on Tumblr is like, right before we actually got any promos for season four, was writing like super angsty fan fiction about them being <laughs> away from each other while Nando's on his little like, you pray love journey. And, um, <laughs> but now we have like promos that suggest that like, nah. They're discoing. Like, I know. it's just disco. <laughs> like, no angst, just disco. I love that. No <laughs> like, angst, just disco. Put that on a t shirt. <laughs> I wonder if, like, the writers, or not even the writers, I wonder if FX executives saw season four already and saw that Nandor and Guillermo don't get together in season four and were like, we got to give you guys at least five or six more seasons to fix this. Like, yeah. Yeah, really. Like, a fifth and sixth season to fix this because, like, we need this. Um, God bless them. 
Um, but yeah, I love them so much. Like, the dynamic is very unique. I feel like some of the most popular television relationships have this, like, dark light dichotomy or, like, this, like, golden retriever versus cat vibe. And in this case, they're both just kind of dark and brooding, but also kind of soft mm-hmm. and, like, both longing for some meaning in their lives and that their current experiences don't offer them. Um, so I feel like there's a setup there for them to find each other, to find that in each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that does happen, I will, I will be there with my popcorn watching, yes. enjoying. Um, so yeah, agreed. So if you were an energy vampire and could bore someone to death, what's the topic that you would talk about for hours on end? I have like a, I have quite a few. I have like a lot of hyperfixations as Caitlin knows. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm going to say in this order, financial wellness, like student debt specifically, like very mm-hmm. important. Like that sounds weird, but I'm in like all my friend groups, I feel like I'm the person that people come to for advice on paying off student loans or like college affordability or like credit card debt um and i spend like way too much time in finance classes in college to not care this deeply about it and want you all to take care of yourselves financially (laughs) please um so there's that and then my final three after that would of course be Mm -hmm. as should always come after financial wellness um the world's best preserved mummies shipwrecks and mount everest very well. Those are all very important to me. How about you? Um, first of all, I want to say Mount Everest is a new one that I haven't heard of. So please tell me all about it after this podcast. I'll tell you a little bit fun. about it right now. Okay. Because <laughs> I think everybody deserves to know that last year when I was in like crisis mode for finals, I pulled an all-nighter where I spent literally all night learning about Mount Everest and every uh, person that uh, is now on Mount Everest um, on a live. So yeah, I know about every single person on Mount Everest and like all of the most like horrible conditions and all of the seasons when things get the worst. I, I literally stayed up all night learning about this and yep. then um, I had to sleep all day for like 18 hours after I did that because I was just so obsessed with that. Um, yeah. It was a dark place in my life, but <laughs> I'm, I'm glad for what I've learned from that experience. But I have um, a fun fact to give when you're at a so party. So many fun facts, yeah. So <laughs> many opportunities for people to hear my fun fact, make an odd face, and then slowly walk away from me because they're mm-hmm. like, why do you know so much about all of the poor dead people on Mount Everest? Anyway, <laughs> um, continue. You tell me your you tell me your fun thing that you would talk about. Um, it is and always will be whatever my current obsession is, which can <laughs> change depending on what I'm reading or watching. It's changeable. So, yeah, and so currently... I would be giving my full uninterrupted TED talk on Our Flag Means Death Mm. because, yeah, it's been four months and I am still losing money from this tenant because it's living rent-free in my head (laughs) and has no signs of leaving anytime soon. I thought that maybe it would die down after season two got renewed. It hasn't. We're still here. (laughs) We're still here uh, thinking about it every single day. And uh, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. Hello? Yeah, I'm sorry. I just saw what you put for your favorite pop culture vampire <laughs> later in this episode. I'm disraught. Okay. So, Caitlin, which vampire on the show would you want to be a familiar to? Okay, so this is hard because immediately I was going to say Laszlo 
and also therefore Nadia. But mm-hmm. then I remembered that season two literally opened with a montage of all of their familiars dying horribly <laughs> and then having to get a new one and then that person dying horribly and then just repeating over and over until they finally got the Topher who eventually died horribly. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to risk that. Um, but if that wasn't on the cards, 100% Laszlo. And also Nadia, because yes. they are a couple and they share a familiar. So them. But if uh, history repeats itself and I would die horribly if I became the familiar, I would have to say Nandor, because even though he's not the best person who would treat me completely well, and if it means Guillermo can still keep his job, um, then maybe I could be his familiar and working with Guillermo and we could be um, buddies and then we could be petty and bitch about Nandor behind his back whenever he does something shitty towards us. You guys could totally unionize too. Like yeah. <laughs> familiar union. Yes. Hell yeah. Workers of the world unite. <laughs> uh, so which, vamp- van- I don't know. which vampire on the show would you want to be familiar to? Um, I guess Laszlo can like, get his own familiar. Not that I don't love Laszlo, but like Naja because... I would deadass just spend my whole life supporting her dreams with no desire for compensation by way of becoming a vampire in return. Like, I would follow her to the ends of the earth. Like, she is my queen. Like, I <laughs> bow down. Like, I literally, I will settle for, like, special assistant. I will special, I, will, I would literally do anything for this woman. Um, I respect that. So, uh, yeah, that's mine. Who is your favorite pop culture vampire? Of all, like, in general? Yeah. I know what you're gonna say, and I just like just say your answer. So, I'm so, here. We go. Um, so I said Alice Cullen. I'm trying to like put it off. I'm trying to avoid it. I'm trying to like stall. Um, whenever I get sad, I think about her popping her leg up in the air to the tune of Muse's "Supermassive Black Hole" and pitching a baseball, and yep. I. It just makes me feel like women are invincible and they can do anything. Like, I also like that. What we do in the shadows totally did that in the yeah with their game. when the when supermassive black hole started playing i yelled <laughs> that was that was absolutely based yeah <laughs> so what's yours caitlin it's morbid time i fucking hate you <laughs> no i don't i don't okay i saw that you put this question and i was like i really don't have one i put that for the meme because first of all i saw morbius and i wish i got my money and time back uh, don't watch it. Uh, second of all, I really, I never got into vampires and werewolves ever. I, it just wasn't a thing I was like wanted to watch or was interested in. So I literally Googled all pop culture vampires. And uh, other than The Count from Sesame Street. <laughs> ah, I love him. <laughs> and, uh, Favorite. I know of Nosferatu because of that one Spongebob Nosferatu. episode. Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, all of the Cullens from Twilight um, that I and my mother were forced to watch because we didn't hold up our end of the book reading bargain with my aunt and cousin. Uh, we were supposed to read Twilight. They were supposed to read The Hunger Games. Mm. They read The Hunger Games. We did not read Twilight. So we were forced to watch all of the movies. It was a fun time. Damn. And... So I just, I don't have a favorite one, so I can't really answer it other than I love how you say, I just love how you say you were forced to watch the Twilight movies as if it's not a fucking privilege to experience (laughs) the Twilight movies. I know. How dare you? (laughs) 
<laughs> we were we literally were like we we went and visited them they're like guess what time it is and we watched mm, all of the movies <laughs> i love those uh i do appreciate them though now because they are just fun to watch they're um i i can't say i won't read the books because both my aunt and cousin listen to this podcast and i told my aunt maybe i will read it again and try it again so maybe but not I right don't now. Think lying to your family is like a reasonable thing to be doing right no, now. <laughs> I don't like lying to my family when I'm in one of their houses currently. Um, so until then, it will and always it shall be Morbin time. Uh, only because it's fun to say it's Morbin time, and I also want to emphasize that's a horrible movie. I still don't know what happened in it. Also, Jared Leto bad do not like so oh that's I my answer my answer i would eat him first instead of ben affleck that's nice that man you needs can do to be, both he needs to Volcano be those. he needs to leave <laughs> he needs to <laughs> um so i do have one more question i realize we didn't put it on here but i feel What's like up? it's like necessary for us to like dig into season four what did you think of the season three finale Oh my god. I okay, first of all, okay. <laughs> I have so many thoughts and you know this because I oh my god. I did not see that coming. Okay, except no. I did, but I didn't see the one part coming. I I told Emberlyn as I'm watching it. It got to the point where Nandor was like, "I'm going to leave. I can't even remember where he's going, but he wanted to go somewhere." And told Guillermo he's not coming. But then eventually stuff happened. And then Guillermo was going to go with him on this journey together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I... If history repeats itself in the fact where two characters plan to run away together and then get separated somehow and not know why they're separated and one gets left somewhere waiting for the other person to show up and they don't show up but then they continue to go on to the journey anyway alone and upset i will have two nickels and it's not a lot of money but it's weird that it happened twice because what fucking happened is fucking guillermo and nandor get split up and nandor leaves without him at the Mm -hmm. train station because and i didn't see this part coming like Nadja and Laszlo are gonna go off to London and do their thing and they have their coffins all set up and Nadja is all in her coffin ready to go and Guillermo's helping them and fucking Laszlo pushes Guillermo into the coffin and says take care of my wife for me and then they he leaves (laughs) and like that's how it ends up because Laszlo has to come back and take care of baby Colin Robinson (laughs) which is a whole other thing to unpack so maybe maybe I'll like I I recorded my reaction for Emberlin when I uh watched it so maybe I'll post that somehow (laughs) somewhere um but I I just I cannot wait to see how this gets resolved. What did you think? It was the same for me. Like I I <laughs> I would have never anticipated in my lifetime that Colin Robinson would basically um cocoon himself inside of his dead corpse. Yeah. Hatch. <laughs> 
drag his small infant body into the other room for Laszlo to find and recognize there and then that he must father this child and make him into something, like, essentially, like, make him into something amazing. And I'm excited for how that goes uh, in season four. But, like, more importantly, I remember when I first watched this by myself, I just, like, screamed. Because I was like, this is not what I was expecting at all. Like, I knew that Colin Robinson was had passed. I, I, you know, had some suspicion that maybe he wouldn't be gone forever. But yeah. I had no suspicion whatsoever that this was how they'd bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, like, iconic. Like, because, like, in what other show can, like, a character die and then just, like, actually be reborn as an infant child? Like, you can't... Yeah. You, you can't get that type of gold in um, plot development anywhere else. So I really, I really didn't expect like the whole episode before. Like we find out Colin Robinson is dying, mm-hmm. and I'm texting everyone like he's not, he's not. It's fine. They're gonna figure something out because this is not that type of show. And even when he was like lying there dead, I didn't believe it until Nandor accidentally smushed his face in, and I was like, "How do you come back from that?" <laughs> you don't. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> wanted us to know. They wanted us to know he was dead, but not for long. And I just yes. cannot wait to see the season four trailer. I cannot wait to see the dynamic of Laszlo becoming a father. To Literally, Colin Robinson. It's so good. It's so fucking good, and I cannot wait. I can't wait for that. That's honestly even more so than them reuniting with Nadja and Guillermo and then Guillermo reuniting with Nandor and like that whole thing. I can't wait for the Colin Robinson and Laszlo father son storyline that yeah. is going to happen. That and then Nadja like opening her own nightclub. Those are the two things yeah. that I'm going to be like thriving with this next I'm so like, excited. through all of July and August. Like this is. This is all very important to me. These are all special treats just for me. It is. And the fact that they used Rasputin as the song choice for the trailer was just genius. I love it. I'm so excited. Yes. Oh, I'm excited too. Um, (laughs) So, Caitlin, on a scale of one to five, how many vampires accidentally killed by Guillermo do you rate what we do in the shadows? At least the first three seasons. Perfect score, baby. Five out of five vampires accidentally killed by Guillermo because the show is just so fun and I have no problems with it. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, same here. This is like my comfort show for a reason. It's just like the perfect mix of um, good writing, good character development, good plot development, um, good vibes. Um, Looking forward to coming back here and talking about it more when the first episode airs of the fourth season. We shall talk soon. Well, thank you for listening to What We Do in the Moonlight, a spin-off show of Lit by Moonlight. We hope you join us on this journey as we come back every week to discuss new episodes of FX and Hulu's What We Do in the Shadows starting July 12th. See you there.